If you were to survive with an entire supermarket all to yourself, how long could you subsist on its contents? Your best strategy would be to consume perishable goods for the first few weeks and then turn to dried pasta and rice as well as the more resilient tube of vegetables. Finally, you would resort to reliable canned produce. Assuming that you're careful to keep a balanced diet, a single average-sized supermarket would be able to sustain you for 55 years or, if you're prepared to eat canned dog food and cat food, 63 years. Nico, welcome to the knowledge and everything you need to know about how to survive if the world mostly ends. Thank you for that intro, Sam. That's a really good quote. And hello, listener. Thank you for joining us here. If you listened to our last episode, you might notice, one, that it's been a while since we recorded or published an episode, and two, that we didn't follow up on our promise to read a book. We're like slightly changing what we're doing, Sam and I, so we've decided to do like a few books that are relevant to us in our lives that we like felt like reading instead of having a season and then let that decide what we should read. And we also want to take a different spin on how we discuss things. And so we have a few fixed questions that we'll go through for every book. One of the questions is, if you had read this book 20 years ago when you were young, what would it have changed in your life? Second question is, what business would you start based on the principles of this book? And the third question, who would this be an ideal gift for and why? We've actually been thinking a lot about these questions and we think we will bring up interesting ways of thinking and I think these will prove valuable to you even if you've read the book or not. So, in this episode, Sam and I have read the book The Knowledge, How to Rebuild Our Worlds from Scratch by Lewis Dartnell. And Lewis Dartnell is a British author, presenter, and professor of science communication at the University of Westminster. And so the book is about if our technological society collapsed tomorrow, perhaps from a viral pandemic or perhaps from a catastrophic asteroid impact, what would be the book you want to press into the hands of the post-apocalyptic survivors? What crucial knowledge would they need to survive in the immediate aftermath and to rebuild civilization as quickly as possible? What will be the best guide for rebooting the world? And so that's the book, The Knowledge, that we just finished. One of the things that sparked us to come up with the um, change of format was reading this book and we're like, we can't really summarize this book because every single page is just specific knowledge in <laughs> the we couldn't really give you like a 10 minute version or even a 30 minute version of everything you learn reading this book. But we were like, well, we could probably discuss how we would go about our plans if the world was ending. And now having read this without necessarily talking about the different qualities of phosphorus in a rock and how much iron there might be in it so that we could maybe start making some steel or whatever, because it goes a bit in depth on those things. But it was really interesting and definitely made you a lot more aware of like the history of technology and how it came to be and just how everything compounded on itself as the world became slightly more and more aware of different things. And it was really nice learning that the linking of important movements in humanity and how they sort of pushed us to where we are today and just how much stuff relies on each other that we have no clue about, mostly day to day, and how cool science is. And it's a much nicer way to learn about science than necessarily what you learn at school, for example. If suddenly 99.999% of humanity evaporates, you have Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet that does more than 50% of humanity, poof, gone, what do you do? Well, this book goes a lot into how to rebuild everything, but I feel like most of the stuff you can actually just like steal from things that still exist. I don't need to rebuild a generator. There's so many generators out there and things, for example. But firstly, I'd 
sort out my situation and then I'd start sorting out radios and beaming out frequencies of like, hi, are you okay? <laughs> are you a doctor? Etc. And try and find if there's one person on every country still alive or if it's a specific area where people are living and just sort of seeing what you could work out in terms of what human organizations are left and how you can rebuild things from there. That would be my main start, I guess. What about you? So I need to get the hell away from where I am, which is in the middle of a big city. One of the main things I remember from this book is that cities are actually very unsustainable in terms of they need to be kept alive the whole time. It reminded me a bit of one of the principles from our good friend Taleb, that's the principle of Lindy. And he said that an old farmhouse from the 1800s is a way better place to go live than like a very modern house just because they rely on constant electricity and they're like super efficient in some ways. But the moment there's no constant electricity and gas supply, then yeah, you're in trouble. Anyway, so first of all, like I'd get the hell out of the city. And also I'd realize that I'm a very bad person to be surviving in a post-apocalyptic world because I need a lot of food. I need a lot of water and I don't have a lot of skills with my hands. So I can think about technology, but at that point, thinking about technology is pretty useless. I would definitely go to the nearest library and pick up all books on science and useful stuff, and especially medicine. And I would also go to the nearest hospital and steal all the drugs and find a generator and a freezer to keep all those things going. If there are any animals, we'd start making a little farm somewhere in the middle of nowhere, and life would be great. Let's go into discussion point one. If you had read this 20 years ago, how would it have changed your life, this book? I think I definitely would have enjoyed chemistry a lot more. It was my least favorite of the sciences, but it really felt so much more valuable reading this book and actually kind of learning like the importance of how you make all these materials and what they do for society. And so I think it would have just made me more interested in that area. I'm not sure I would have necessarily taken it at university, but I think I may have understood a bit more the concept of how to make things interesting for myself. And trying to think more of like the stories behind things that you want to learn. Cause I just find it so much easier to learn stuff when you have a bit more of an emotional or interesting story behind why you're trying to do it. In the same way, um, if you're just like studying medicine or something and you want to learn a thing about a new disease, if you read some like case stories about like how it's ruined someone's lives or their family and stuff, you're then got like a much better incentive to then learn the different qualities of this disease. Whereas if it's just like, okay, learn all these different statistics about stuff. It just doesn't go into your brain. And so I may have picked up on that, but I may not have. But I definitely feel like I would have been more engaged at any museums where you go around and you see old technology as well, like windmills and like different things that you get taken around as a child and you're like, great. <laughs> I don't need to see like this old bloody water mill and stuff. So I think it would have changed my perspective in that sense. Reading this book, it reminded me of a problem I've had throughout life, which was, if you teach me something where I don't understand how to use it, or I haven't been in a situation where you would have been useful, the effectiveness of that teaching, of that learning for me is like 10%. And so, you know, I've had this with my university degree where I did business and economics. I got like corporate finance. I've got a lot of like strategy lessons. And because I've never been in the situation where all of these topics and these insights were useful. It's like I study for the exam, I get through the exam and then I forget everything. And so this book reminded me that, holy crap, science is freaking awesome. Chemistry is freaking important. And I just remember like sitting in class 
chemistry, like learning about, you know, these electrons, like circling around atoms. And if you remove one from one layer to another, then it changes and being bored out of my mind. And if you had given me this book before I would start studying science and every chapter was like, yo, okay, there was just an apocalypse. And imagine you're in the middle of nowhere and you have this heap of whatever other compound. And like, now your objective is to make, you know, something useful. And if you put it to me in like these practical terms, these are things that you never forget. And so my learning from this is, and I think, you know, that this book could be used to make science just way more interesting, where it's literally like, yo, this piece of science was invented at this point in time. And this is what happened before. And this is what happened after. And this is how it improved people's lives. And this is everything that was possible after this specific thing was invented. And so it reminded me how disappointed I am with the current educational system. I'm guessing these are different in, in many countries, but I barely remember anything from my science classes. If I had read this book before and could link each of the things that I learned to like, oh, if I'm ever in this situation, I could use this, 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 and that to do this and help me out and make life better. I would remembered way more yeah you know maybe you would have studied something differently when you went to uni because you're there like oh cool business is something i'll actually use you know so i mean i did study science anyway the other thing i wanted to do was medicine which this book also kind of doesn't touch so much on medicine but it does make you a bit more aware of like how fundamental a skill it is <laughs> like staying alive and stuff you have to understand sam if modern medicine didn't exist would you be alive or not depends on how far you're going back I don't think I'd be able to have babies, that's for sure. I almost lost my testicles when I was like 13 or whatever. So <laughs> I wouldn't be procreating. And if it was just modern medicine that was lost, but all the other things. So I nearly died kite surfing. And when you break your femur, especially the way that I did, it's very hard to fix it, which means you're pretty screwed. And I remember the week that I had waiting around to get it fixed. It's the only time I've ever entertained thinking about killing myself because I was just in so much pain and had no capacity to think of the future beyond five minutes of not killing myself. <laughs> and I have no idea how that would have healed. So it probably would have died, even if I'd been, I don't know if I'd been able to have kept alive to have got to the hospital that didn't exist anyway. <laughs> so yeah, probably no. Just nice to think about. Certainly, I think just more awareness and gratefulness the whole time for what we have. Good. So discussion number two. What business would you start based on the principles of this book? And I had an initial idea that I think was the more obvious one. And now I have a different idea that I think I'm like, I would actually start this because I'd want to run it rather than because it's a good business. Although I think it is a good business. I think as a VC, the best business that I could build or that I would want to invest in based on the knowledge of this book, the amount of preppers in the world is increasing. And so more and more people are thinking that the world is going to end. I don't know why that is specifically, but I do think that is increasing. I think still statistically, we're actually at a way better and safer place than ever in history. The doomsday clock has got a bit closer than it used to be. Like, I think 90s, noughties were a safer time than currently. But either way, I agree. I definitely think it was like a business in just serving the people that are preparing for like doom. And certainly climate is just way more obvious to the last 20 years that like there is going to be a problem and there could be like actual like shifts of humans and stuff and wanting to just like have your own bunker is a thing that makes sense. And ha having read this, I'm like, yeah, I should probably have five years worth of canned food just because why not? Like, <laughs> buy a hundred liters worth of water just in case there's an earthquake or other things because plenty of 
weird weather events happening and if your water gets shut off you want a lot of water and it's super cheap so essentially you are selling the black swan insurance to people that are very willing to pay for that right i think there's a lot of people who are willing to pay a lot of money for prepping stuff and so i agree having a service that installs bunkers and provides packages and technology that does not rely on electricity so for example like a non-electric water filter as an example i think that might be the business i would build and they probably exist but i'm not a prepper so i haven't really bought anything i'm pretty sure some of those exist now and there's obviously businesses around permaculture and being able to like live off the grid and stuff but yeah i definitely think that's sort of a super obvious business which was the first thing that i thought about when i thought about this and like okay there's definitely ways you could scale this and it's super cool this idea but then i thought about what would i actually want to run and i concluded that reading this book really did remind me how much i love science and that i'd love to do a youtube channel where like each week i build one of the different things in this book it'd just be really fun and cool And I think over time you can make a really good load of content that actually like inspires children to like get into science and show them why things are interesting a bit more. And being able to make a photograph using just like chemicals and stuff that you've been able to like mix from your back garden and stuff. It's like, how cool would that be? Is this like a project to be doing and making power systems? There's lots of cool stuff in this book that I don't think that the book is necessarily detailed enough to actually do a lot of these things. And I think you'd actually have to do a lot of other science reading to make it. But I think as a, It could be like a three or four year project where like you're just always building something interesting each week using like the fundamental stuff that's actually available to you. And I think it'd be super fun as a business. I just think there's a lot of opportunity in making like really good content these days on like YouTube and stuff. And I'd actually have fun doing it. And as a concept, I think it just makes a lot of sense. So yeah, that was my idea. Good. Third discussion point. Who would this be an ideal gift for and why? We both quite enjoyed it. I don't think it was like my favorite book and I'd be pretty happy if someone bought it from me. And I think someone that like used to be into science and is kind of intellectual or thinking about the future of the world. And yeah, I think there was a bit of a market. It's like there are more people that are sort of thinking that there's probably something going wrong with the world and wondering what would they do would just like, like this book. But I also think kids that sort of are quite intelligent and have any kind of curiosity for science and stuff would just really, really love this book and really get a lot out of it. So I think that'd be more my target. I was wondering, isn't this book a bit complex i'm thinking about like 12 year old me it was like not a very smart kid one of my bugs was this book was like i'm reading bill bryson at the same time who does similar sorts of sciencey books with lots of facts but he's so much better a writer and just reading this it felt a little bit wikipedia-y like of like the initial concept that was quite good and after a while it just became a bit like oh and if you want to build this you have to do this and you'll also need this to do this thing and there wasn't any funny stories around like how it got invented and because i'm sure there's so much more curious angle to the interesting things in this that could have been explored that wasn't and i feel there was just so many more stories that never got told that would have made this book much funnier and spark a lot more of the curiosity within you than it did so it might be hard for like let's say 12 year old but i think teenagers some of them can actually be very mature and sort of just think more about like the sciencey side of things and read some pretty dry stuff and they are not going to be incapable so it depends it certainly wasn't dry compared to other things i agree i think it could be written better for me either like a younger version of myself right before they teach science i wouldn't mind going back and taking like chemistry one hour a week or something just learn it deeper 
But just to answer this discussion point, which is who would you give this to? I think this is like a good book to give just to people that are like relatively pessimistic. I wouldn't mind having this in my bookcase. If everything goes shit and there's a minimum chance for that, and if I survive and there's even a smaller chance for that, then I'll be happy to have this, right? That this book doesn't save me, but it's a good starting point. Things go to shit. You read it and you know like initial decisions to make, which is as you described in the beginning of this episode, like get the hell out of the city, make sure you get enough like canned food, get enough water if you can, medicine, drugs, these types of things. Most of the essential parts of this book could be summarized in like 10 pages and you'd have like pretty much a manual. And a lot of the things where it tries to go into more detail, it doesn't really give you enough detail of like, I don't really feel like I could make iron from like a bunch of different rocks and stuff reading this book. And I'd actually need to go and find a book about like geology and chemistry and stuff to actually do any of these things. So I feel like in some ways the book tried to do more than it was going to do and then I guess part of where I got like a little bit boring maybe was that it was like giving you these things as lists, but they weren't actually enough to be useful. So it could have been either shorter or way longer. Yeah, it's certainly something that like if I had in my bookcase, it would be like, it'd probably be one of those books that I would keep versus some of those books that you read and it's nice and you're like, actually, well, I'm probably going to give it to charity because I don't have like infinite space for my books anymore. So anyone slightly pessimistic, it's actually a great physical book to give to someone. Good thought. I think this is probably what you said is two things could be written better and two it could be either longer or shorter and i guess for us probably maybe a bit shorter because we're listening to this and a lot of these technologies are pretty deep it talks about how to make radio and how to remake electricity and i should have learned all that stuff but it goes through it really fast so just better examples and then i guess less deep would have made it a funner read definitely a lot more stories as in like I've read Edison and Tesla's biographies, for example, there's so much things from their life stories that could have been put in this book around like different cool shit they invented that would have just made it really interesting. So yeah, lots of cool stuff they could have put in there or could have just kept it shorter. Either way, I agree. So I would say this book's actually like a five or a six for me overall, because I just feel that I really love the principles of it, but it just could have been better. I was looking at the Goodreads and there were a bunch of people who were like, oh yeah, it's it's like not good and I don't like it. And you can read that these people are like real preppers who are like into this stuff. And they're like, yeah, I didn't mention how to build what was like a caras or something for a horse, like something that you could put on the horse, you could sit on it. Or you can use a horse to pull stuff, like pull a carriage. Apparently he didn't explain how you keep a horse alive. He had some fun facts about horses though. It was very interesting, like how, just actually to talk about a few specific bits about the book, like how long it was before they actually invented a harness for the horse that actually meant they could like pull heavy loads and like plow a field. And it was like only like a few hundred years ago that actually started being able to use horses to do that because they just had the wrong things that like just cut off the windpipe of the horse when it was pulling for like thousands of years. Another thing was like actually the peak use of animals in agriculture was actually in 1915. It's like only a hundred years ago. And you think it was sort of like two, three hundred years ago or something. Steam engines were still pretty new-ish back then. Well, like 50 years old and like gasoline things were like super damn new. Here it says a third of cultivated land was committed just to the upkeep of horses, which seems too much to me. But if that is true, that's a lot. I don't think he had any reason to be like lying. But anyway, good. A fact for you. And now that's the end. We've given our rating. Looking forward to next week and take it easy.